Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 71, and I am recording this um, at the same time that I have recorded episode 70. I may even record 72 right now as well, but I'm going to upload them. Uh, I'm going to space them out a little bit because I am out of town. I am, in fact, not only out of town, just out of town, but also out of the country. I am doing a, um, a writer's residency, and uh, I will not have my microphone with me. So I'm doing this before I go. So um, there may be a gap. I don't think there'll be a big one. There'll either be a gap or there are get, there's going to be like an episode that is um, going to have shittier sound quality. <laughs> So it's either gap or, or, or not such great sound quality as my mic will remain at home. Um, so this episode today is uh, about a television show <laughs> um, that I loved, and I will tell you more about it in the blog. Um, I was thinking about writing something about this show a while ago, um, but then kind of re-inspired by uh, just like all of the work that Alyssa Milano and Rose McGowan are doing right now. Um, just how, I don't know, just like how how hard they're working for, for women and what a role they're playing um, and how they sort of, the two of them, not together, but, uh, but the two of them kicked off this whole... I don't know, the, the whole explosion of um, change. It's changing. I think there may be, it may in fact, there may, this one really may be change. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Anyway, this is um, my hat tip to the two, those two women and the show that I used to watch them on back in the 90s and early 2000s. So this is called... Why I Am Indebted to Charmed. Yes, the TV show. Whenever I hear the Smiths, How Soon Is Now, I go back in time. Not to when I used to listen to the Smiths in college, but to the song's time as the theme song for Charmed, my favorite guilty pleasure TV show of the late 90s and early 2000s. I was embarrassed by how much I loved Charmed. The women's outfits were ridiculously classic WB silliness. Really? You're going to fight evil in those shoes? In that dress? And the plots tended to get pretty soapy, but damned if I didn't love watching three witchy sisters, the charmed ones, fighting dark forces while also trying to maintain businesses and appearances of normality. And I soon discovered that two of my dearest friends were also charmed by Charmed, those two friends and I started watching the show together, and I think not incidentally, we also started a theater company together. We were a three-woman team, and I think we got a lot of strength from regularly watching a three-woman team of witches. The power of three was real for us. Charmed helped us feel charmed, even if we didn't have a magical book of shadows. I think our company's existence is wrapped up in the Charmed Ones. I wanted to tell you about this now because it feels to me as though witches in general are having a bit of a moment, and two of the actors who played the witches on Charmed have become powerful voices in the movement for justice for women. 
I don't think this is an accident, actually. I think that embodying powerful women, even if that power is fictional, helps show you that you do have power, even if it isn't actual magic. I think the feeling of pushing back evil spirits teaches you how to push back on more pedestrian evil, the kind of evil most of us run into every day. Once you know what it feels like to shoot magic fire from your hands, I think it is hard to go back into hiding. I'm not saying Alyssa Milano and Rose McGowan are activists for women because they once played witches on TV. I mean, maybe they are, but I think they probably had that strength in them in the first place, which helped them get those parts as charmed ones. Also, to my knowledge, Tarana Burke never played a witch, and she is the originator of the Me Too campaign and is so badass. Of course, witches are not the only way to access feminine power, but it does seem like witches are the primary way we culturally will allow women power. This goes way back, of course, and the impulse to burn witches is directly related to the impulse to limit women's power. The sign at the Women's March that made me cry the hardest was the we are the granddaughters of the witches you failed to burn. Witchcraft is growing like hotcakes right now. Like, there are hexes and spells and gatherings to push back the patriarchal horrors growing around us all the time. That's a thing that people are actually doing, casting spells. I love it. I don't really believe in it, but anything that makes women feel powerful in a world that tells us we are not is a-okay with me. Back in January, I was invited to participate in a photo shoot and asked to say when I felt powerful. And it took me forever to find an answer. I could not think of a single instance in which I had the thought, I feel powerful. I could think of a dozen other sort of empowering things I have felt, but I couldn't think of when I felt actually powerful. It felt entirely out of my wheelhouse. But it occurs to me now that I felt powerful in my charmed years. That I felt powerful with two sisters by my side, practicing theater magic, believing I was casting spells of art. It felt good to feel witchy, to feel like charmed ones. Just recently, I cackled with glee, like full witchy cackled when I read Lindy West's article about Weinstein and, and Alan et al. And she said, yes, this is a witch hunt. I'm a witch, and I'm hunting you. In real life, we watch our powerful women get attacked in a multitude of ways. We watch women lose so often. Our victories are small. Representative Maxine Waters reclaiming my time is about the top of what we can dream of. We watch the Women's March organizers bring together a record-breaking group of women in January, but then we watch them get arrested at Trump Tower in New York City. We watched Hillary Rodham Clinton get the historic nomination, but then had to watch her eviscerated by the media and painfully lose to a ridiculous man. So we need our witches. We need to see women who can win every time. We need to pretend to be them and know what it feels like to win so we can keep winning we need our charmed, even if it might be a little silly. Some of the lyrics from How Soon Is Now that were in the titles of Charmed were, I am the sun and the air, and 
I am human and I need to be loved just like everybody else does. And now that I think about it, it's actually one of the sweetly potent parts about Charmed. It was three exceptionally powerful witches, the sun and the air, but they got to be human just like everybody else does. They dated or got married or slept around and just generally had a fun human time while fighting the forces of evil with their magic. The charm of Charmed was being both witch and human, both powerful and woman. And a little coda to this post. As many of you know, I record an audio version of the blog via my podcast, which you are listening to right now. At the end of almost every post, I include a song including this one. For this one, it was obvious that I needed to do How Soon Is Now. So I looked up the lyrics and the chords to start learning it and had a funny revelation. The lyric is not, I am the sun and the air. It is, I am the sun and the air. That is, I thought it had been spelled S-U-N and the A-I-R, and it is, in fact, the S-O-N and the H-E-I-R. All these years, I was sure it was the sun and air, S-U-N-A-I-R, and it is in fact the sun, S-O-N, and air, H-E-I-R. What I thought was a sort of pagan animistic declaration is in fact a lineage of maleness. Hilarious. But I think the show's title sequence is edited in such a way to suggest the more pagan reading of those words. For example, on the word sun... A much brighter shot appears in the titles, like a light turning on, and moments before air, a candle is lit. So, on a show about the witchy power of women, the theme song takes on a different meaning. That is, Morrissey may be the sun and the air, S-O-N-H-E-I-R, but the charmed ones are the sun and the air, S-U-N-A-I-R. So you've probably worked out what song I'm going to be playing for you shortly. Um, It was a real challenge to to learn it, Uh, but fun. It was a fun challenge, and I very very much enjoyed it in the end. Uh, I thought about adding like a little... um, a little cat sound because you know like in the recording of the original and and also the version that they use for 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 charmed there's like the sound and uh i thought about throwing that in there but then it just like it sounded ridiculous (laughs) so i didn't um but you can imagine it imagine your own cat sound if you like Um, So that song will be coming up in a moment. Meanwhile, I would like to recommend a podcast to you. And oh, how I wish that I listened to a a podcast about witches. I I really wish I had one of those to recommend to you. But um, I feel this is a a lack in the podcasting world. In fact, if you know of a podcast about witches, please send it my way because I could use it. Uh, but I will recommend instead, um, uh, what was I going to recommend? Oh, Invisibilia. Um, I think I haven't recommended that to you before. Most most of you are probably pretty familiar with Invisibilia. It's kind of a big hit podcast in the NPR podcast family. Um, but it is kind of about um, the, the things that are operating in our lives that we don't see. So it's a little bit witchy. But it's actually scientific. So it's like witch science. And it is hosted by two or three women, depending on the season. Um, And 
uh, yeah, it's like modern, it's like modern witchery because it's looking at kind of the underlying, you know, social uh, things or scientific kind of habits that we have uh, in terms of how we socialize. I, I can't sum it up very well. It's like a, it's like Radio Lab, but with ladies. Um, and uh, there will be more about Radio Lab in the forthcoming um, episode, by the way. But meanwhile, enjoy Invisibilia. And here is How Soon Is Now uh, by the Smiths, sung by me. How Soon Is Now. Thank you. 